It's time for the NCAA championship game for the men. And one ACC team is looking to add its seventh NCAA title to its bunch. North Carolina will face off against Kansas. It is the Roy Williams farewell tour that we didn't know we needed. But what's next for the coach that had the whole year about him? Where where will his team land? More importantly, how is Duke feeling? Let's talk all about that with our favorite Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I am your host, Candace Cooper, rocking with Kenton Gibbs, and we want to make sure that you are locked and loaded and ready to go for an exciting show today. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props. Just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash on. Kenton, how are we feeling? How the weekend been for you? You know, there were tons of, of really interesting things happening around Raleigh, and I'd like to talk about some of those things. You know, I mean, nothing nothing of in, of significance to the, this area happened in New Orleans. So I think we should skip over all that because, I mean, what does New Orleans have to offer North Carolina but crawfish? Am I right? All right. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. If you're talking about what happened in the area, Dreamville Fest, you know you're in Raleigh. Yeah, yeah, big deal. Big deal. You know, they, they uh, J. Cole pulled up with a motorcade like I ain't seen for nobody but the president, you know, and that was – that was great, right? Well, what a what a great time, you know. I, Huge fan of Fayetteville native Dennis Smith Jr. just happens to be a former Wolfpack guy. Well, you know, we we could really spend our episode talking about this. I think the fans would like to know a lot about Dreamville. Weren't you there? Didn't you go to Dreamville first? I did attend. Unfortunately, though, that cannot be the entirety of the show. We are going to have to talk about North Carolina and Duke. So I hate it for you and hate to break it to you, but it's going to be that kind of episode. I will say, I've been on a cloud since Saturday, and I don't feel like I'm going to come down anytime soon. And even if I do come down because North Carolina loses tonight, my bubble won't be as burst as it would be if Duke had beached North Carolina on Saturday. So let's start here. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about, you know, how the outcome went and what it kind of means for these teams. Now, we know North Carolina is still rolling, but Saturday was the showdown. North Carolina facing off against Duke, number two seeded Duke, number eight, North Carolina. And of course, nobody really considers them underdogs if you watch enough basketball. It was going to be a showdown, a knockdown drag out. You were going to earn this win Duke coming in, I felt like they were the better team. I'm not even going to hold anybody. I felt like they were the better team. I felt like on paper and then how they were playing in this tournament, it was going to be easy money. And yet, Carolina said, hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought we were finished. Brady Manning making shots. Caleb Love with 28. RJ Davis coming in clutch. And for me, the new the respect I already have grown for this North Carolina team is just exasperated even more because one time you do you beat North you beat Duke in Cameron Coach K's final game cool we got our moment of course we assumed it was going to be a nice lick back for Duke number two you get it in the second time out in the national championship on the biggest stage possible I don't know how you doubt these fellas going into today's matchup but here we are so. Kenton, how are you feeling about North Carolina after watching that second 
well, third, really, Duke-North Carolina matchup this season. Wolfpack Nation, I'm sorry. Again, this is not this is not a I don't like us or I'm I'm now a defector, but I gotta do my job. Okay. I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta put me first, Lucian. I gotta put me first. But anywho, um, you know, there was one player that I think was the most important uh to to UNC this game that I don't think you mentioned at all. Mr. Baycott being the best being on the floor was vital. I mean, in that matchup between him and Mark Williams, I'm thinking we all know which way this is going to go. Williams is going to be the deciding factor in this game. Armando Baycott out-efforted him. He seemed to want it more, and he pulled down more rebounds, put up more points. He was more efficient. He changed more shots defensively. I mean, that, that to me should be the story of this game. That, to me, should be the story of this game because – that was a a thing that I thought this game, if it, if it is close, it won't be because Mark Williams doesn't play well. It'll be because of somebody else. Yeah. And Armando Baycott said, I beg your pardon. Okay. <laughs> All right. Y'all, y'all yeah. think they got the best big on the court? I got high hopes for you boys. We going to see. And we saw. We saw. Yeah. He made a believer out of me. I'm not going to say a believer enough to where I think he can do the same to McCormick, who – Moves a little bit better than Williams. Not as mm-hmm. big, but moves a little bit better in a very similar vein to Baycott. Not exactly that type of rebounder, but in that same uh, physical mode. But he he made a believer out of me. You know, I seeing him put up a dominating historic performance against State was expected because State made anybody over 6'8 look like a god amongst men all year. But seeing him do that up against this Duke team with all the size, and, you know, I, I'm not going to say who. But some some people have described Theo John as, as fake tough. And it it, it really it, – <clears throat> I'm not going to say it got exposed this game, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's it, – it, it was your moment to buck up, big dog, and, and that, that just uh, – it didn't happen. So, yeah. you know, uh, again, hats off to UNC. They did their thing, and they, they earned this win. No doubt. And, you know, Baycott coming off of an ankle injury during the game and having to play tonight, I just think it will show ultimate toughness. It reminds me of the 2017 team to where, do I think all these guys are going to play pro and be like lights out? Maybe not. But when it comes to the college game, I think they've finessed and found their way to really be some memorable, one of the most memorable Carolina teams ever because of the way people doubted, because of the way they were counted out, because of the way they played during the season and earned some of the criticism. And I know people are like, how could you ever doubt? Uh, they helped you doubt. <laughs> like, let's keep it a band. They absolutely helped you doubt. Y'all saw that game against Kentucky. Stop playing saying, how could you doubt this team? You saw the game against Kentucky. You saw the game against Tennessee, against Purdue, against Pitt. Like, we can go on if we needed to. And yet and still, they barely squeaked in and are about to potentially come away with the ultimate championship. That's the ultimate look back, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. But I agree. Baycott was essential. I think Leaky Black, too, guarding A.J. Griffin was essential. I just can't put my finger on why the moments seem to be too big for this Duke. You're talented. It's not for lack of talent. It's not for lack of grit because you thrive off being the villain. What was the difference in these matchups every time they met in a very hostile way? Why did Duke not, why wasn't Duke able to pull it out? I think that Duke being the villain is a very interesting uh, take. Is it villain with quotes? Because are they not as tough as people say? It's not the toughness part. They're a villain to certain groups, 
but they okay. are not the villain nationally, nor have they been historically. I mean, if you want to go all the way back, they weren't the villain. They were villains to certain groups of people, but the majority of America was rooting for Duke for a lot of things, for a lot of reasons. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just leave that there. But with okay. that being said, what was the problem with Duke? Yeah. Well, uh, long story short, they struggled to get stops. They struggled to get stops. I mean, you know, it. I, I, me and you both are big Mark Williams fans. We both talk about he has been an underrated piece of this team. And this game, he was Highway 15. Anybody who was driving down that lane, it's good to go. If Highway 15 is there, put it on up. And I mean, it, it, that's that's where you see this game won and lost. That's the and reality. Now, in his defense. Caleb Love, R.J. Davis made some tough drive to the basket shots. Like that's just it was supposed to go in kind of shot. Not to say that he, you know, of course had his moments, but when I saw the Caleb Love shot is similar to the Michael Jordan shot where he hit the final, he hit the three to pretty much seal it. Mark Williams's hands damn near touched the ball and blocked it. Like that was just, you know, I'm talking about being very fair. Right. Like that was that was a shot of all shots. Like I'm, I don't want. Carolina's great play to talk to be, you know, a, a knock on Dukes because they, I mean, I thought it was a very well defended game on both sides. Like I felt like you couldn't like squeak the ball in anywhere because you saw Carolina turn the ball over. And more important than that, they made a lot of careless errors, but it was like typical Carolina, you know, who are you passing to, bro? He's not on your team. They yeah. had those moments. I don't think it was Duke playing horribly, but I will say this not being able to get key stops and key clutch moments definitely was and, and, and it wasn't it wasn't just mark i mean they couldn't throw <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't hit a walmart from the front stairs of the parking lot they yeah. were god awful from deep and that's yeah. you know that's always the thing that's going that's going to be uh, a deciding factor at this time of the year what what they shoot 25% from deep 22.7% from deep that's you know like it be like that you have to but you know what though, and 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 again, this is why I say all the time, this is what makes college basketball so much more exciting than college football, because the better team doesn't always have to. And I'm not saying that the better team didn't no, win. Yeah. Here, I, but no, yeah, no, I believe the, the better, better team did not win. Like, the, don't. the better team. It, we we yeah. looked at we looked at St. Pete beating Kentucky. St. Pete. Everybody can say what they want about. Oh, St. Pete had all those good guards and guard players. Listen. If they played that game a hundred times, how many times do you think St. Pete beats them? Twenty. But, but guess what? Maybe. Guess what? In the NCAA, in the in for uh, for college basketball, the things are a lot less predictable than they are for football. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, that young man from Alabama being 6'5", 330, is 6'5", 3'30", all seven days a week. He don't need a three point shot. It don't depend on oh, is his hand a little twitchy today? whether or not he's going to block the, the guy in front of him. So um, this, again, this this is a situation that uh, the lack of shooting from deep, mm -hmm. the inability to space the floor, when that defense is 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 collapsing on Griffin, is collapsing on Bancaro, and they kick it out, got to hit the shots. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then congratulations. You've just made it immensely harder on your two scorers who – I mean, I, I thought the Griffin was going to be able to hit something from deep, but he he was struggling. And this is well, not the Duke team we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing some melanated deficient players who could shoot the rock and just do it in their sleep. 
we're used to a Brady Manic on a Duke team, right? I mean, like, let's just have an honest conversation. This is not but that, this is but this is why I said this is why I said Duke was a, a villain to certain parts, certain teams. <laughs> they needed a JJ Reddick, they needed a Christian Lehner, like they needed a shooter. Okay. You know, I I'll say this. I don't think if you look at the greatest shooters in NBA history, um, that tells a very different story. But if you're looking at college That's basketball, fair. That's fair. If, if you're looking at college basketball, it is typically uh, the 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 folks who if they stay out in the sun for a little bit, they turn real red. That that That's tend fair. to that tend to knock it down for D. So I get where you I get where you're going from there. You, you pick up what I'm putting down, but I also think my final thought here on Duke, and then I'm over it is we're so used to one player at Duke being like the ultimate villain, right? But they deliver. I don't think as much as Paolo Bencaro was hyped up, he embraced that everyone hates me and I'm going to make them pay for hating me. Like, sure, when the DUI thing happened, he would go off whenever they would bring it up, joke about it, make signs. That would be his energy. But there wasn't a consistent, like, I'm going to make sure I make y'all feel my presence every time I'm on the floor. Now, mind you, everyone was good, but still, there was no one person that I think we're used to seeing from Duke squads. But you know what, though? Villainy isn't isn't who he is. Those other players, that's who they are. They were born that that. Yeah, They woke up feeling like, oh, yeah, this is is who I am. I'm that guy. (laughs) That's not any of these guys. Like, you know what I mean? It it is surprising to find out that J.J. Reddick may be a decent human being. Paulo, not so much. A hundred percent agreed there. All right, guys, it's the final game here of the NCAA tournament, and we are super excited to get you guys in on some betting action. You should take advantage of Stat Hero. This single game pick'em, which is the final game here of this tournament, will definitely allow you to pit the star players against each other in this amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports fixed. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. The simple sleep gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So right now you sign up for free at stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so we're rocking and rolling here with Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack, and we're talking all things men's NCAA tournament. And, well, we got to do a little quick shout-out because we're talking about the Carolinas here. So shout-out to South Carolina for getting it done. Don Staley, never doubter. Only black head coach to win two multiple NCAA championships. So we know we're proud of our extended Carolina family. South Carolina was once in the ACC many, many moons ago. But here we are saying now North Carolina has North Carolina has the opportunity to be another Carolina team to win the ship facing off against Kansas. And I mean, what other better? I mean, Roy Williams has lived the dream, right? Two of his favorites, two teams he's coached are playing for a national championship. Is he wearing that dual Jersey thing going on? He has a dual jacket. Who is he going to root for? Like, I just, I mean, I know he's a Carolina guy, but you know, there's some part of him that's not going to be too sad if Carolina wins it. But both of his successors, Hubert Davis and Bill Self, are taking on this challenge. So let's start here. Carolina, why are they going to beat Kansas tonight? Uh, what? What? I, that, that, that is not the angle I was expecting to come at. Nah, but I'm, uh, if, if you're asking me why this team comes out and this um, Carolina team comes out and wins, I'll say this. They have a chance 
to have the best bigs in the game. Yeah. Everybody loves talking about guard play and guard play, guard play, guard play. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Sure. I'm going to tell you this. If if they have the opportunity, uh, if they have the opportunity to, if they have the opportunity to let or to have Manic um, stretching out the floor and Baycott dominating underneath, they've got a chance. They've got a chance here. Uh, the other part of this is, again, UNC keeps hitting new levels in terms of play that we have not seen all year. Like even the game that you're talking about, uh, the Final Four game, and they turned the ball over. Only turned the ball over 10 times in that game. We've seen Carolina this year where 10, Hubert would have been like, oh, thank God. That's it. Just 10 <laughs> turnovers. So they keep hitting new levels. Like mm-hmm. it, it seems like every week. I mean, they were – nobody said that, that UNC was seeded too loaded. Nobody. Nobody looked at the seed they were and was like, oh, come on. You you can't put them there. And so, you know, they, they're upset of Baylor, um, their their victory against Duke, and, and everything in between. This is a team that has constantly redefined standards in real time. Can they do it one more time for the ultimate prize? It's possible. 100% agree. And, you know, I think when you brought up key players, it is Manic Monday. I'm not going to hold you. So if there was ever a time for Brady Manning to go off, I mean, he's got one more. His story is just incredible. Like, leaving Oklahoma, going to North Carolina off the strength of other people deciding to transfer, which I know we talk so much about transfer portal, but it seems to be sometimes you just get put in the right position and you get that blessing. So I ain't going to knock nobody for making best decisions for themselves. However, I know Brady has blessed this North Carolina program, and for me – I hope he has the game of his life where he cannot miss. Like, if there's anybody that I want to just walk away from that saying he gave his absolute all, I feel like it's going to be Brady. Now, you have Armando playing on 1.5 legs. Like, he has swollen ankle. We're going to do what we got to do. Fine. RJ and Caleb, as much junk as I've talked about Caleb Love this entire season, as much as he's pissed me off, I got to give credit to the dude. I ain't never seen somebody hate Duke so much to where he goes off every single time. But other than that, I just feel like he has a dog in him that wants to see this all the way through, right? Like, I think he's going to step up in a big way tonight. Now, he's going to have a great challenger on the other side and Remy Martin, who is a walking bucket. Let's not hold anybody here. We've got some really good guys on the Kansas side that I think are going to make it a difficult night for North Carolina, but I don't see them as overwhelmed as they were going into Saturday. We're like, we know what's at stake here. (laughs) Like, of course, national championship is on the line. And maybe that's just for us, you know, common folk. We're all just breathing a lot differently than we were going into Saturday. I mean, listen, this this game, I think the main matchup here, I think that there are two matchups that are are going to decide this game. Mm -hmm. Um, Agbaji and Leaky Black. How, what is Leaky Black going to do? Because that... He's where that scoring for Kansas begins and ends. He's yeah. the guy that if you shut him down, Kansas is gonna have a long night. If he gets hot as fish grease, I mean, hey, at least you ended Coach K's career in Canada I mean, and his yeah. actual career, and you can live with that. <laughs> but um, that's that's the guy to me, and yeah. I believe it's Dewan Harris. Is it? Is it? Yeah, Dewan Harris. He is a he's the exact opposite of who the UNC guards are in a way. Mm-hmm. Like he's not the the fiery, loud in your face. He's just a poised. Hey, I'm the floor leader. I got it. You get to where you got to be. I'm gonna find you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And 
on top of that, his the way that in which he defends is very meticulous as well. You would think from his steal numbers that he goes for a lot of stupid attempts where you know he he's gonna reach and they're gonna teach. That's not him. He's very methodical in even the way that he defends. So, Caleb Love, how are you gonna act tonight, right? Because the 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 dog and the fire and all that it can be great. You can shoot your way. You can shoot your team into some games that you probably shouldn't be into. The dog can also shoot you out of some games that you probably could have won. So uh, that that is going to be the the biggest thing to me. And I know that R.J. Davis has primarily handled the ball handling a bit, uh, duties and and uh, Love has moved into more of a two guard role. But the fact still remains: which which Caleb Love is going to show up, and whichever guard is responsible for checking Harris, how are you going to act? Because if you allow him to, uh, if you allow him to be the orchestrator that he wants to be and to find open pieces in the to, to drive and dish that's going to cause some problems for you because then his teammates get involved and then you think to yourself well he ain't got a uh he his jumper ain't like that uh who told you that the man's shooting 41 percent from three as well so when you have to collapse on his teammates and you leave him open you get what you get so i think that those are going to be the the matchups that are very important you know and, yeah. and down low Hey, y'all got the chance. It's there. Y'all keep playing above your heads. How long can you hold it? Uh, I mean, that's fair points. And I think that Caleb, you know, is definitely going to have to control his emotions. Again, I say Saturday was probably the biggest test. And I feel like this team has grown to where they can check each other. Like, I'm sure they did in the past, but I think learning to trust, learning to be in the fight, staying in the fight when things are looking grim. You saw in Saturday matchup how the game of runs was very much alive and well. Carolina would jump out to a six-point lead and Duke would take it right away and then vice versa. So I think if Kansas jumps out early, can UNC not panic? Like, ooh, we've been here before. We saw that UCLA UCLA matchup and how that went, right? We saw the the Baylor matchup and how they came back with us and we had to go into overtime. So you've been through all of the typical storylined adversity that you see in college basketball. So how can you overcome that and just really keep rolling? But I want to get final thoughts because we do have some updating sort of news here when it comes to ACC basketball, but Bet Online is your number one sport for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues. BetOnline is your continued source for all the sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're finishing up here with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. And, of course, the ACC is forever shifting now that many people's seasons are over. You know, there have been – Louisville had – not had – has hired their coach. Now we're talking about staff. Nolan Smith's name has come up in going, jumping onto Kenny Payne's staff. Despite not taking a head coaching position now that Coach K is gone, Shire's at the helm, Nolan's probably trying to make a name for himself. His father played at Louisville. So good move, bad move, scary move for Duke and for, you know, Nolan Smith and Louisville. I think it's just we never probably thought we'd see so much shift for Duke at once. And yet here we are and typically and going to a, I don't want to say rival, but an ACC school, that could be very interesting moving forward. Thoughts, Kenton? Shire is the next coach. He's the coach in waiting. He's the guy at Duke. But. Nolan Smith is the one that everybody keeps mentioning as a rising star. Mm-hmm. He's the one that everybody says, oh, yeah, that, that guy there, he's he's going to put together some teams. He's, he's, you know, his recruiting game is 
he he's you know his his X's and O's. We'll see. We'll see. I don't want to overreact to an assistant coach leaving. I, I think that Nolan Smith is a a, a really really um, he's really storied in Duke history, and and he's always been around the program ever since uh, he retired and all that. But I I don't want to overreact to this because I feel like there's a little bit of everybody acting like the sky is falling for Duke because he left, and I'm like, let's give it some time, right? It's yeah. possible. It's possible. But this just doesn't feel a major enough scale to say like, ah, this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, the folks who prayed on Duke's downfall, the Lord abides. Like, I don't feel like it's one of those. I also feel like Duke is an institution. And I know Coach K is a part of that. And he literally was that for 40 plus years. Don't get me wrong. But basketball will go on. I know it's crazy. You know, basketball went on without Roy Williams. And he's gotten to enjoy being a, you know, cheerleader, a fan and all that good stuff. We've seen great coaches come and go. It happens. So I don't want Duke people to be in shambles about where the, the next part of their journey and being a part of that program is. Now, if you attach yourself to one person, that sucks because, yeah, everyone has to go at some point. But if you really love Duke basketball, you'll just keep supporting. I know I will say seeing them not have a big red carpet rollout after their season was kind of tough because at the end of the day, these young men gave their all for this season and all of the pressure. I don't think any – Duke player would have been able to withstand as like it was just insurmountable. Like you can't play for Coach K in his final season and not expect to have some hurdles. So to me, it was like don't be don't be Johnny Come Lately type fans. Like don't only love me when I can do stuff for you. Like I've given everything, you know, to this program, right? So I don't know. It was a little gross to me. I mean, hey, it is what it is. I I uh, I would like the listeners of Locked On ACC to know that. It is Candace's personal opinion of regardless of what school she went to, she would feel like the the ending of Coach K and, and everything that has happened subsequently is a little gross. Okay. This is <laughs> we are very fair, balanced, and non-biased people. Okay. No, um, I, I no, mean legitimately. I, I, I that agree. was horrible. I, I agree. I agree. And and at the end of the day, again, the uh time father time is undefeated. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have seen every every great coach there is go on at some point in time we've seen every great player there is it's college at max they got five years in case keenum's case six that's it that's all you got and then after that the game will keep moving on so um coach yeah. k has meant a lot to the game and and i get it i get how much he's meant to so many places and i i know that certain people have allowed a rebrand that's kind of interesting there but that's another story for another time long story short the game will go on like stop well, i don't know yeah. I, I, yeah, just, I, also, I just think that people are overblown. Yeah, I also think that like at the end of the day, you know how we always say, if you live long enough, you start to become the villain. And I, I didn't. I hope no coach stays to the point where they're like, oh, well, he's too old. The game has passed him. Like Coach K is leaving at a good time to where he's not being the, you know, in the comments talking about, oh, you know, the game has passed Coach K. He's not evolving. Like he's done everything to evolve with the game as it's all shifted. I feel like in the 90s, he was that guy. In the two, early 2000s, he was that guy. In the you know 2010s, you can't say that Coach K's name in Duke basketball wasn't always in the conversation. Like, that's hella respect right there. I'll, I'll tell you what. We saw at, at Duke and another revenue-generating sport what it looks like when you do stay too long. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Okay? Facts. With all due respect to Coach Cutcliffe, because let's be honest, let's be honest, Charlotte celebrating beating Duke 
I mean, hey, we get it. Charlotte is group of five and they beat a power five. There was a point in time where nobody would be excited. Sanford wouldn't be excited about beating Duke. They go, oh, yeah. you beat Duke? Cool. So, like, we got lunch or yeah. what's what's going on after this? Like, sure. you know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't overstay his welcome. He went out as his team being one of the uh, best four in the country, according to where the season ended for him. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it sucks that, of course, you lost to your blue blood rival and they – they're going to hang that over your head until the day that you go on to glory, but it's life. <laughs> you deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's life. Well, you know, to round out the conversation, of course, final game here, NCAA tournament it has been a great men's and women's tournament. Not going to hold you. I've been thoroughly pleased with some of these games, but if there is going to be a winner tonight, who do you choose? Um. Well, you know, everybody keeps saying that uh, they, they, all of the UNC fans keep saying, keep picking against us. It's motivating the team and it's, it's making us good and yada, yada, yada. Well, congratulations. I'm going to give your boys more motivation. I think that Kansas runs away with this one. I think that it's not close. I'm going to say um, 83-66 Kansas. Ooh, we okay. Now we got stomped out. That's all right, though. You know, as much as I've loved this team, I bet against them. I didn't bet. Against, first of all, I haven't bet on the team this entire NCAA tournament. I'm very proud of myself. Calvin Ridley is disappointing in you. <laughs> Calvin Ridley is disgusting. <laughs> I have not slapped down, not one of it. Okay. Shout out to Will. I though feel like I gotta go with the home team on this one. Not gonna bet against my gal. Not gonna bet against my dogs. I think that you have proven so many people wrong this season. Well, hell, you, you proved me wrong. I said y'all didn't have no heart. I didn't say y'all, you know, didn't have the want to, the chutzpah to be a Carolina person. But you, I mean, as a proud alumna, I am excited to see this outcome. And I think they're gonna get it. Might as well. We're here now. Like you might as well win the whole thing. After Saturday, you might as well win the whole thing. I'm gonna say this. I think that. I'm a I'm a big believer in numbers. I believe that numbers explains almost everything in our lives. You're born, they give you a number telling you it's your birth date and your social security. You die, they give you a time of death, okay? I think numbers explains it all. With that being said, if you look at what North Carolina has done all year against ranked teams, all year, they have beat more teams in the tournament, more ranked teams in the tournament than they have at any point in time during the year. During the year, they beat one ranked team. That was Duke and Coach K's final game. Wow. Other than that, even in the ACC tournament, they lost to Virginia Tech in the second round. And then they get to the tournament. They beat Baylor, who was ranked. They beat UCLA, who was ranked. And they beat Duke again, who was ranked. Again, law of averages says that what, what goes up must come down back to where you should be. And I think this is the game. Kansas puts them back where they should be. It's funny you talk about statistics. I'm not really a stat girl, but I will tell y'all, every time Carolina loses in the semifinals of the ACC tournament, they have won the national championship. Happened in 2017, happened in 2009. So I'm just saying, but I'm saying. Well, we're we, we going to see. We gonna, we gonna one of see. us is going to be right. One of us is going to be right. That's one thing that we can guarantee, okay? And it's my one show, so you know it's going to be me. All right, Ken, tell the folks where they can find you for all your work. You can find me at Locked On Wolfpack wherever you listen to this right now, including YouTube, as I'll be recording my first YouTube episode today. So come on, just YouTube. Just to let y'all know, uh, y'all will get more of this pretty face of mine coming up pretty soon here, which means I got to get all this beard and all that lined up. But you're not having another story for another time. That's where you can find me, LO underscore Wolfpack on Twitter, uh, and Locked On Wolfpack wherever you're listening to this podcast.
No doubt about it, guys. Come back tomorrow. We got more NCAA tournament conversation. We're going to have a champion. Hopefully, it's an ACC school. We'll uh, let you guys in on that action, and then we'll get ready for some NFL draft. I am super excited to talk about the NFL draft. Locked on NFL draft podcast. Wherever you listen, make sure you guys check that out. But more importantly, we are going to highlight some of these really superstarred ACC people up in here. We're going to make sure y'all know where to follow them, follow their careers on their next journey. For Candace Cooper and Ken Gibbs, until next time.